Hey folks, welcome back to episode 5 of the Mighty Thor podcast. My name is Ed, and I am one half of the hosting persons for the podcast. The other half is my co-host... Terry. Hello, Terry. How are you? I'm just fine, Ed. How are you? I am just... I am full. <laughs> just had dinner and fighting off the fuzzies that you always get after dinner. Now, it wasn't turkey, so it's not a hard battle, but... Um, Trying to fight off the fuzzies after having a full belly, being warm and comfortable and good company and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I understand. Yeah. So, um, I think after the show we're going to watch some, catch up on some shows, aren't we? Yeah. That'll be pretty cool. That'll be cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, so since the, uh, the last episode, episode four, we haven't gotten any different feedback everything everything's pretty much where it was then go ahead and get into the books this show the uh, first one up is journey into mystery issue 90 and looking at the cover we see a large man made of what looks like gem like ruby or sapphire or some some rock gem looking dude um Putting the putting the whammy on Thor, um, and the the gem dude is saying, "In another second, you will be eternally trapped in a block of unbreakable ice." This is the end of Mighty Thor. So, <laughs> little does he know that is that's what's happening to Thor. He's kind of snow covered, and down at his feet is a block of ice. And there's some people here in the background, but you can't really tell too much about them. Just people. And there's a spaceship in the background, so. I guess the assumption is that this gem dude is uh, an alien from space. So, well, since it says battling the super creature from space. Oh yes, it does that too, doesn't it? The carbon copy man, which we both really enjoyed that name for the bad guy. Yes. That was carbon copy. Yeah, that that, that was good. They they really stretched the old <laughs> bound uh, 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 boundaries of imagination to. Um, yes, they one. did. Yeah. All right. Our story opens on the planet Zarta, which is described as a warlike planet. A warlord and his son are talking as they're heading for a spaceship. They're talking about their impending conquest of Earth, actually. So we cut to, and before we cut to, let me just uh, go ahead and take care of this now. Uh, the plotting scripting was done by the usual team of Lee and Lieber. The art this issue is done by Al Hartley, and I do not like it. Me neither. It was yucky. This, this first panel that has Don Blake in it, his head is six it, times too big for his body. And, and he looks emaciated. It, it looks like his cheeks are, yeah, yeah, are yeah, yeah, hollowed yeah. in. And, yeah. He's been to Uganda starving, yes. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Uh, no, no likey the art on this one. Um, so we cut to Don Blake after having seen these aliens and, and learning that they're approaching Earth. And he... Changes into Thor, 
um, because he's frustrated at the fact that Don Blake can't tell Jane that he loves her. So he gets pissed and changes into Thor and decides that as Don Blake tomorrow, he is going to tell Jane. I, I don't quite get that whole scene. but As Thor, he has no fear. So he changed into Thor so he could conquer his fear and decide he was going to do it. But it's Don Blake that's going to do it. So what Thor has or doesn't have doesn't matter because Don is the one that's going to have to do it. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you're the mousy man that doesn't want to do anything. So you change to your alter ego who says, yes, you will. And then you change back. Maybe that helped him. I don't get that. Okay. Maybe it did. <laughs> oh. Um, so the next day, uh, Don Blake attempts to tell Jane, but he is uh, very strenuously interrupted by Odin, who tells him that he must never reveal his his dual nature to anyone. So he doesn't, um, although Jane does know, notice that he looks a bit shaken after his, I guess, mental um, encounter with Odin. He heeds the uh, the god of the gods here, uh, monarch, monarch of the gods, and, and doesn't say anything and instead uh, heads out, make, makes a story about heading out to a hospital to work in a in a charity ward. And when he goes outside, he sees that there's a lot of really weird, unnormal things happening. Uh, the police are forcing pedestrians to walk in the gutter and allowing the cars to drive on the sidewalks. Um, somebody painted the nearby bridge polka dot. Somebody is laying a large billboard sign over the side of a building covering up the windows and everything Don gets back to work and finds out that he has been summoned to court for treating people and not charging them and then Jane uh, jumps on that bandwagon and starts giving him what ho for not charging people if they can't afford to pay then they should stay sick uh, basically is what she says and she quits uh, yes yes you're right she does and so at that point, Blake changes to Thor, and Thor says, well, I'm not sure what's going on. I need to find out. Probably the mayor will know what's going on since this is his city. I'll go to the mayor's office. We're good friends. Well, as soon as he gets to the mayor's office, the mayor tries to have him arrested. So Thor takes back off and uh, goes to just a, a quiet spot and kind of meditates over – you know, things he's learned and, and how he's been taught to deal with things and things like that. So having having got a, a course of action in his mind, he, he starts hunting around for a, a possible cause, and he finds that a spaceship has landed or crash-landed, probably just landed in the park. And he investigates and finds... As he's um, as he's checking out the ship, it is uh, magnetically magnetized, and yeah. and it and it it sucks him against the ship. Um, I guess because of the I don't know 
metal in his blood or who knows, but it, it magnetizes him to the side of the ship. And when it does, he loses his hammer. So now he is concerned, you know, if he's without his hammer for 60 seconds, he reverts back to Don Blake, which ultimately he does. And it is then that the aliens come out to see what has uh, what, what the ship has kind of captured. They take Don inside, and he finds uh, his nurse, and he finds the mayor in there also. Finds out that the aliens are from the planet Zartan, and that basically their form of takeover is to impersonate people and cause havoc to destabilize the ruling powers of the planet, and then it's easy for their fleet to come in and take over. So, they're, 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 that, that's where carbon copy man came from. Because that's what they made. They created carbon copy. Carbon of- copies. Yes. And they're not blue and they don't leave ink all over the place or anything like that. So it's, no. it's, it's okay. It's more like maybe a mimeograph copy. Yeah. Than, there you go. than a carbon copy. Yeah. The son of the leader, uh, is going to go back as the new Don Blake. And uh, they, the the Earth people that are there, uh, Blake and Jane and the mayor, start talking about how, well, um, you know, you can take all of us over, but Thor's out there, or not take us over, but replace us. Thor's out there, and he will be, you know, he'll, he'll be the one that will ultimately defeat you. And so the aliens kind of get their dander up as, as far as, you know, who is this champion that uh, that these people are talking about. And they go to find Thor, and as they leave, they're not paying attention to Don Blake. He sneaks out of the ship and, and grabs up the hammer and becomes but, Thor again. Go ahead. Actually, he convinces them that he can take them to Thor. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. Because he wants to get back out to where the hammer right. is. He so wants where the to hammer is. So he tells them, I'll okay. show you where Thor is. That's right. I last saw Thor just beyond those trees. The aliens have some cool names too. Xano. Sounds like a, a, a drain chemical drain or something. Yeah, Xano. Okay, so now Blake is Thor again and he uh, basically challenges the aliens and, and the son of the uh, warlord that is leading this invasion says, it tells his father, you know, let me take care of it. And he turns into a frozen warrior, which is a, b- a big ice creature, and tries to encase Thor in a block of ice, which lends itself to the cover image. Mm-hmm. And as this is happening, Thor throws his hammer away from him, and the hammer returns uh Trashing the the ice, breaking him out of the the block of ice. So then the alien turns into a giant gladiator with sword and steel steel net. net. Mm. So he throws the net on Thor and is going to uh, cut him up with the sword. But Thor hits the sword of the gladiator with a lightning bolt and so knocks the sword out of the dude's hand and stuns him at the same time. And then Thor tears up the net so that he's no longer in the steel net. 
Well, now the father, the warlord, uh, jumps into play because his son wasn't able to do it. And he immediately turns invisible and starts whooping up on Thor pretty good, which kind of surprised me that that's all it would take. Um, and then Thor realizes, well, he, he thinks, you know, I've got to do something to make him visible. And he realizes that he can by having it, it storm, it rain, and uh, create, you know, some kind of shadow or whatever because the person is there. You just can't see him. So he calls up a thunderstorm, and, and now he in turn starts whooping up on this warlord alien and takes the steel net that uh, – the sun as the gladiator had used on, on, on Thor. And Thor wraps up the alien warlord, the leader, in this steel net and flings him into space. And the alien armada that is waiting in orbit realizes who it is zooming past him and decides to follow him to try to, to help him, to rescue him. Leaving... Um, a handful of aliens on the planet. Uh, looks like five here. And Thor tells them that uh, what they what they will do, because if not, he will beat them just like he beat the warlord. What they'll do is they'll turn themselves into trees. And they're thinking, well, okay, you know, we'll just turn ourselves into these trees, and then once everybody's gone, we'll we'll turn back and and do whatever. We'll try to conquer them or we'll try to get off planet or whatever they're going to do. Well, Thor kind of tricked them because, of course, trees don't have minds. So in getting them to turn into trees, they turned into something that they cannot think about turning back out of. So basically now in this park are a handful of trees that used to be aliens. So it makes me wonder when they went to clear those trees what happened. Did they bleed or did, you know, so. And of course we have another uh, little playful scene about Don Blake is a wimp and Thor is a big He-Man here at the end between uh, Nurse Foster and and Don Blake. And boy, that last panel, he is bad. Yeah. He's drawn very poorly. Yes. Wow. All right, Miss Terry, what did you think about that one? I pretty much like this story. I I agree with you. We had a we had a thought last show that it's really kind of boring. Oh, thank you. That was a lovely sound effect. It's really good. <laughs> I hope that Dr. Pepper tastes really good. It's kind of boring to see Thor fight regular humans. But I like it when he fights like Loki or different gods or these aliens from outer space. Right. So that was a good storyline to me because you can kind of believe that aliens might be able to defeat Thor, just might be able to. Of course, Maybe. They don't, yeah. but, you know, they could possibly. Unlike a mobster or a communist party right. member. Right. Unlike us normal humans, we know we can't do it. Uh, yeah, sorry about that, guys. I took a drink and forgot to uh, mute my microphone there. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. That's, a little slurpy. That's that's why I'm a professional at this sort of thing, you know. That's that's why you guys listen. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was good hearing or reading a um, a story that was like, well, you know, Thor's the hero; he's going to win. But they might challenge him. Yeah. You know, what I mean, 
Yeah, the only thing bad about the whole story was the art. Don't care for that art. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really care for it either. I, I've never heard of that guy. Uh, I don't know if he was maybe just a fill-in or if he's, you know, some. All right, moving on to issue 91. We see here on the cover, uh, Loki, yet again, a big disembodied head. And then we see somebody identified as Sandrew, Master of the Supernatural, and it looks like he is doing something to a building, I guess levitating it here, and he's going to place it over top Thor, who is laying in a in a dug-out depression in the earth wrapped up in a chain. Um, he is touching his hammer, so he's not going to change, but... So it looks like almost like a, a, a buried alive kind of scenario, only with the building going on top of him rather than more dirt. The book opens with, uh, well, let me step back here. The plot scripting duties are again by Stanley and Larry Lieber. The art this time is by Joe Sinnott who we have run across assisting Kirby, I think, in some of the previous issues. Um, this issue, he it, it just has him as artist, so he probably did the inking. Uh, he probably did the coloring, uh, might have also, or probably did the, uh, the, the either the breakdowns or the actual uh, drawing. So he, he did everything. So that, you know, that makes me think that this was some kind of go-to issue because Kirby was on another assignment and didn't get it done in time or something. But now that's two consecutive issues that Kirby, no Kirby hasn't had time for or whatever the case may be. So, okay. Uh, now as far as the story, uh, it opens with Odin talking about the belt of strength that belongs to Thor. Uh, I do recall that from mythology, but I recall that Thor had it on all the time. Here, it's one of Thor's belongings, but he doesn't have it. Odin is, is holding it for him in case he needs it. Hmm. A little foreshadowing there, I suppose. Yes. Uh, Thor flies into the city. Um, maybe he's responding to what's going on, or, or he's on patrol, or who knows, but he sees a bank building levitating, the entire building, and it's levitating probably 30, 40 feet in the air. So he uh, he goes after it and starts pushing it back down to the ground, which is, is being semi-successful uh, in, in you know lowering it, getting it back to the ground, and then the bank building just disappears. He changes back to... Don Blake because, you know, there's no impending emergency, so Thor isn't needed. And right after he changes back, he realizes that the people that were in the bank have materialized on the ground, but the bank still isn't there. So, you know, everybody's confused and asking questions, and he asks some questions to make sure they're physically okay and everything. Finally, Don Blake surmises from what they say that it sounds like it's the work of Loki, Yet again, so he goes out by himself and 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 gets the the counsel of his father Odin, and Odin tells him, "No, Loki is stuck here. He's not on 
Earth, so it, it can't be Loki. Meanwhile, some other things are going on uh, at, a, at a racetrack here. All the money for the take for the track uh, floats away. And then we see a, um, what do you call it when you go back? A uh, flashback. Flashback, yes. To a couple days ago where Blake and Jane were returning from a house call and they passed by a, uh, a carnival that had a sideshow who the, the performer was a mind reader. And during his show, he kind of stopped and responded to something that uh, Jane – well, he, he, he noticed that they were there, and then he said something that only Jane would know uh, – I'm sorry, that only Blake would know. And it was in regards to his feeling for Foster. So after he let loose with, with this secret, uh, Blake quickly spirits Jane away so that there's no more information that's given to her uh, because it all pertains to how Blake feels about Foster that he hasn't said. So he's – And Odin won't let him say now. Now, yeah. Um, so Well, he could still say he loves her. That wouldn't hurt anything. But he says, can't but he you. says, but he says that if he tells her he loves her, it will snowball into her knowing that he's Thor. Thor loves and- her. Yeah. So they, you know, they run away from this uh, Chandu or Sandu, Sandu, uh, before he can give away any more of Blake's secrets. Basically, what has happened is Loki is stuck in Asgard, but he found. From watching, he found this Sandu who he feels is is evil enough to, to cause some trouble. So Sandu had just the, the barest glimmer of some, some powers, some mental powers, and Loki magnified it a thousand times. So basically he gave the guy the ability to uh, be telekinetic, uh, telepathic, uh, a couple other tellers that probably aren't coming to me right now. He can't start fire with his his mind, though. He he never does that, so he's not a pyrokinetic. Like not a fire starter. Like the little girl on Fighter Star. Who was that? Uh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Um. So we see Sandu. Um. You know, he's he's doing some other things now. He's he's found out that he has real powers. Because again, we're we're still in in flashback mode here. So then Sandu decides that he is going to try to basically exert his willpower and, and take over the world. Um, his first real act is the bank. So now we, we see from his point of view, Sandu's point of view, him doing this to the bank, Thor intervening, him causing the bank to disappear. And... Um, we see where the bank went, that he, he took it out to the outskirts of town and, and set it down, was intercepted by a couple police officers, which he he disarms them and then uses their weapon. But rather than hurting them, he, he sends them all back to the city. After he removed their memory. And erases their memory, right, so they, they don't know where they were or what they saw or anything. They just kind of appear. 
and then we we come back now we come back to the present where Thor is still looking around trying to find you know something he he's still not really sure what's going on here but more things have disappeared like the the train full of bullion and the the museum the paintings and stuff in the museum right okay over here there right train off the tracks and every painting in a museum uh sandu is is continuing his his um just, just petty thieving ways so far as all he's doing but then he goes to somewhere and finds a, a house, a, a castle, palace that he wants to have. And so he teleports it from where it is to where he wants it to be, I guess, somewhere in the U.S. And then um, the authorities are finally on to who is doing this because he's just been doing too much stuff now. And they send some fighter jets out after him, and he, of course, turns the weapon – Weapons in the in the jets against the jets themselves, destroying them. Uh, Loki the whole time is is watching with glee because of the the mayhem that his his creation basically is causing. And Loki is responsible, but he's not responsible because he's in Asgard, so he's kind of happy about that. Uh, finally, Sandu makes his his final push to be set up as the ruler of the world. He goes to the UN and um, levitates it and tells all the representatives that he will put them down if they make him absolute ruler of the world. And basically they kind of take up a little bit of time by saying, well, you know, we can't we can't make that decision. We're only representatives. Um, by this time, Thor is on to him and, and sees him because of the big floating UN building here. And it's not the UN that I'm used to seeing. So this is because yeah. the UN is the big building and the round building, and but this doesn't have that. So I guess yeah. I guess that was built later. Um, Thor starts chasing Sandu, and Sandu throws a, a bunch of metal girders and uh, basically the the remnants of a building in Thor's path, and Thor flies right into him and knocks himself out. So. Sendu takes a big chain and wraps Thor up around it and then places a building over top of him, giving the uh, the cover image. That's where the cover image is and an, an interpretation of that. So now Thor is uh, buried, basically, under this building, all wrapped up in the chains, and Odin notices his... Um, his plight. And so he uses the Valkyrie, which this is funny. I've never seen the Valkyrie like this. Uh, sends them to Earth and they put the belt of strength on Thor. And suddenly he feels energized, breaks out of his chains, uses his, his hammer as a, as a, a boring drilling tool. And he, he, he tunnels out from under the building. And erupts in such fury that he's he's affecting the weather when he gets out there. So he's looking for Sandu, and uh, Loki tells Sandu that the way to defeat Thor is to to take his hammer away from him. So Sandu kind of does some uh, 
Loki-like trickery, and he isn't somewhere that he appears to be, and Thor throws his hammer, so the hammer misses and and falls to the ground, at, at which point Sandu causes um, himself and the hammer to teleport to another dimension. And this whole time, Loki is bragging that, you know, here it's finally the end of Thor. Um, Sandu is trying desperately to lift this hammer because he recognizes it as a, as a weapon and, and how Thor did all the things he did. <clears throat> so he tries and tries to lift the hammer and can't. And I think finally what happens is he basically burns his powers out because uh-huh. he tries so hard to lift the hammer and he can't. So when, when his powers, um, are gone, you know, when, when they leave, he and the hammer rematerialize in our dimension just in time for Thor to not revert to Don Blake. So it only took, well, it, it took less than a minute for this dude to burn his powers out, which is surprising, but okay. And um, so Thor, you know, basically tells him, well, now you don't have powers. You're, you're beneath my notice. You're not worth me doing anything. So he just hands him over to the police. Uh, Loki gets all upset and, and, and vows, uh, vows that he will defeat Thor, yada, 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 storms off. He has an eternity in which to scheme. Yeah, because he'll never leave Asgard. Right. And so there is the end of Journey into Mystery issue 91. So, Miss Terry, how about that one? I like that one, too, because, as we have said, anything when it's against another god or an alien or something, you have that, that, well, it might actually happen this time feeling. And with Loki involved, and we knew that he was going to have a battle on his hands, but, of course, Thor prevailed. It was a pretty good story. Go, Thor. Did you like the art better this time? A little better, yes. I still miss Kirby. Missing. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not Kirby, and and this guy, uh, Joe Sinat, is not trying to be Kirby, but yeah, there's a. But he's better than Hartley. So. Yeah, a lot better. All right, so there are our journey into mystery tales for this issue, episode. Excuse me. Now the next book we're going to talk about, I believe, is going to be. Um, discussed by Miss Terry, and that is going to be the current volume of Thor, issue 614. Yes, indeed. Back to our Desir and um, the Hela and Mephisto story when we last left them. And and the big Horn crystal, beastie. the crystal ball oh, head, the, crystal ball head the little demon, the yeah, little demon, that Mephisto can demon, see into the fe- or his, it's his, it's his, like his troubadour. He's, you and know, like, you can almost see. Oh, Mephisto is, you know, and <laughs> he's got, he's got like a, his head, he's got like some bones, but his head is like a, like a crystal ball, just a big ball. Yeah, he, he's kind of cool. Okay, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. When we last left our hero Thor, he had just shouted the name Desiri, trying to get them to come to him and leave Tyr and Hela alone because they were about to be defeated. So we are in Mephisto's chambers with um, 
Thor screaming to Seer. And we have the little jester dude of Mephisto telling the story so we can get all caught up about what's going on, about the different deals that have been made and, and Hela's new home and how he has called the bloody ones to him. And Mephisto must be related somehow to another podcast person that you deal with because he doesn't like the external monologue. And he says, please, enough, you ramble on so. So we're not the only ones that don't like external monologue. So, so what that was was like it, it was instead of having like an external recap or something, right? They, they kind of built it in that that this creature was was just going through like like stating a story about what has happened up to this point. Right. He was he was telling a story, which I would assume the little demons that that prance around Mephisto would probably do to entertain him. Sure, tell him I mean, stories and especially and if they could tell him of people who are suffering over in like, the outer parts of hell somewhere. If they could get it to 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 where it it glorifies Mephisto, that's probably right. what their job is. Yeah. So that's what that's that's what he's there doing, but Mephisto's telling him to shut up now. He's tired of him. So upon screaming the name of Desir, the Desir that are fighting with Tear right now, and and Hela's little bits and pieces of her hear their name and realize that they have to do something. The leader or the wise one, Gondol the Wise, says we we better go because who knows if Kara's spell is going to hold that sword and if Thor gets that sword then we are doomed. And Kara's over here saying I may be old, I may be a crone, but my spells are good. Don't worry about it. And Gondol is like, no, he is a warrior. It is in, he's a hero. It's his nature to find a way. We have to go make sure he doesn't find a way to, to save these people. And Kara's like, no, why go? Let us ignore the call and feed. There's nothing he can do. I promise you my spells are good. And she's like, no, we have to go. If we can defeat Thor, if we can get there and defeat him, then that will be the end of that problem in our lives. So we need to go ahead and go. And besides, our curse is such that we have to go. We have to answer that call. So they're off running to answer the call of Thor where he's called their names. And Thor is asking his father, Odin, to help him and realizes that he is too far away and cannot. But his mother, who he had just seen in the previous issue and been tempted to try to rescue is there, so he asks his mother, the goddess of earth, to release the sword. He said, I can't pull it out, but you can let go of it. And so she does. And at the same time that his mother lets go of the sword, he pulls it out, and there are the Desir, and he starts vanquishing them. I have a question. Yes. I was kind of thrown off because a couple pages back, it looks like he gets Thor. Uh, gets attacked from behind just because of the way that's drawn and everything. The page that has the one big panel of him. Where he's going, uh... uh yeah, yeah. I mean, no, he's, he's giving the sword one last tug. He's putting all his strength behind okay. it, and that's his grunt. Okay. Of strength, trying to pull that thing out, and that's when he starts asking 
Okay, just the way it's drawn. Father and, everything. and mother, please be with me because I've used all the strength I have and I can't get it out. That's just him expending everything he has okay. before he calls upon Odin and his mother. Gay, Gaia? Yeah. Gaia? Gaia. Okay. So Gaia releases the sword for him, her son. And the Desir get there at the same time, and he he is vanquishing them. And Mephisto is enjoying the whole thing. He's sitting up there on his little throne going, woohoo, bravo, very good. And he's got pieces of Desir laying around in their plate saying, please, 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 no, I don't want to die. And the other one's going, sister, die with dignity. Come on now. And And they're like, no, please, I don't want to die. And he hears one of them say that I'm not ready to go yet. So he turns to her and says, tell me. Tell me where, what's going on, and I'm assuming he's saying with Tyr and Hela. Tell me what's going on. And and she says, she finally gives in and says that it's hell. And he knows where to go then, where the other sisters are. So then he travels to where the other Desirs are, because they left some of them there fighting Tyr and, and Hela. And so he goes back there to help because they're about to defeat Tyr. They're about to, to run him through. And here comes Thor to save the day. And there's a big panel of just blood and guts everywhere. And Mephisto's like, well played, well played. He is so, he is so evil. He is so manicotent. I mean, he's just bad. He's just yeah. bad. Yeah, that's, that's telling Mephisto. You. I'm telling you. And he starts, he, he, he's sort of like, now that it's over, he's kind of taunting and, and, and saying, oh, you did such a good job. You did such a good job. Oh, Hella, come here. Let me talk to you. I know you're busy, but let's talk. Let's, let's, let's discuss what we're doing. And then she's like, if I find out you were behind this. And he's like, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, really. So they finally leave because Mephisto is all mad because they have said that perhaps he was behind it. And he's like, no, no, that's not me. Just get out because you've just, you've made me mad. So they leave. And Tyr kind of wakes up almost, it seems like, that he's, he's, he's kind of befuzzled and unsure of where he is. And Hela tells him that she's reclaimed her energies and rebuilt where the souls are going, that she's been put in charge of, and that they are now free to leave. And she's thanking them for helping and thanking Tyr and telling him what a good soldier he was. And he's like, I didn't do it for you. I did it for the dead. And she's like, I understand that. You're admirable, and we will think of you fondly. So I'm assuming that's going to come up again later in another uh, issue. Sowing seeds, I'm where, sure. Where something's going to happen with Tyr that he's going to be saved by Hela or something. Right, or or it's going to be his time to be claimed, and she's going to and set him free no. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So before they leave... Thor wants to talk to Loki because he wants to talk about this sword, I'm sure. And Hela says, no, I can't let you do it. And Thor's like, after all we just did for you, you can't let me talk to my brother for a few minutes. I'm going to talk to him. You might as well just let me by. And she's like, no, you can't talk to Loki because he's not here. As part of the agreement between between her and Loki, she wrote Loki out of hell. He can never go to hell. So he ha- he's out in the outside world. So Thor thinks that he has been defeat. He has been killed by the Desir because the Desir were out in the outer realm killing everybody they could get hold of. And Thor thinks that him and Tyr were the only ones left that were there at the time. And he knows Loki was in the vicinity at the time. 
So he thinks that Loki's dead, and Hela is saying, yes, I think that he did that as a suicide type of mission. I don't believe it. I know Loki's still around. But Thor accepts it for the moment because the sword suddenly lights up that he's holding. He's holding the Amir Grimm, and it suddenly lights up. Now, it doesn't tell us this, but he starts running off when the sword lights up, and he goes back to Asgard. And Tyr is there being rejoiced over because he's the mighty vanquisher. And I'm sorry. The king's name. Uh, Balder. Balder, thank you very much. Balder. Balder is there with Ken- Kendra. Mm-hmm. And they're getting ready to celebrate. Kelda. Kelda, thank you. And Kelda has, in a previous issue created a beverage out of her tears that is to poison Baldar. And she is pouring them both she is pouring him a glass of that, saying, This is our this is distilled by my very own hand. I've saved it just for this type of situation and I want you to have this and let's drink to our future. And as he's getting ready to drink from the cup, Thor busts into the room, screaming no with the sword, takes the sword and runs her through. This is where we discover, because everybody's like, Thor, Thor, what are you doing? And this is where we discover that the sword was manufactured by Loki with some of her her soul because she was so pure. He had to have that pureness. That was the only thing that, that could defeat the evilness of the seer was the pureness of someone's soul. So during the time when her lover... Husband, not sure if they were married, was was killed. She got injured during that time, and Loki at that time had taken her and and used his magical powers to save her and bring her back. But during that time, he took a part of her soul to forge the sword with. So when Thor stabs her with the sword, it brings her back to herself, and she's like, oh, no, what have I done? Because she realizes that she almost killed the king. In her anguish. And Mephisto's down there rubbing his hands together saying, ha, 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 look at all the evilness that's going on. And then you realize at the, in the last few scenes when he looks at his ring that he has captured all the Desir and they're all in his control now. And that's the end of that issue. Okay. Now, I am not the... Uh, necessarily the, the brightest bulb in the pack. And sometimes just the way these writers structure things just escapes me. But apparently the Desir were forbidden to go to hell when they were cursed by Boar. And Thor made that one admit that they were indeed in hell doing what they're doing. And because of that, they broke their oath and basically all of them were instantly dispatched all at the same time. They all ceased to exist or whatever because they had broken their oath. I assume they were all trapped in hell because they were in Mephisto's power now. Well, okay. Um. 
Okay, so now um, that that was just something I didn't quite understand, but something there was something significant about Thor making the one Desir pick. Where are you? Are you here or are you here? And when she said here, uh, my take was that that was her finally admitting, which they had not been admitting, that they had broken their oath. Now, we get to this sword thing. So it's manufactured from part of her soul. Right, because she was pure. Okay, I can I can get that. That's Loki kind of planning in advance a little bit. He knew what he was going to do, and so he was doing this with the sword in preparation for that. Okay. Well, even he, Loki's not stupid. The Deseer probably could have defeated him. He had to create something that would defeat them in case he had to have a failsafe to fall back on. Okay, I could see that. I could see that. Um, okay, so that kind of confused me a little bit. Now, there was the thing about Loki not being in hell, being out there, being vulnerable to the Deseer. Mm-hmm. Because had they found him, they would have sucked him dry just like they would have any Asgardian. Um, so I, what I took from that little part of the discussion was that Thor was surprised that Loki would put himself in that position, being the manipulator that he is. So yes. if that's what happened, Thor was really surprised about that. That you know confused me a little bit. Now – the final thing was, so the souls of the Desir are now entombed in that ring that Mephisto has on his finger. That's what I assumed. I'm not quite sure why. It, the way it read, that also was part of whatever deal Loki made with him because he said something about having them for 101 nights. So, but I mean, now he had them forever? Yeah, I, I guess I don't quite understand how Loki could make a deal with the souls of those things as the bargaining chip. I mean how, how would he have power – how did Mephisto get them and, and entrap them in the ring, I guess, is what I don't quite get. I don't know if I've missed something or if there's – you know, because this, this deal that Loki made was spoken of, but it was more alluded to in just about every issue somewhere. Right, and it was, and it was also alluded to in the issues that he had control of the Desir. That he was in control of them. Okay. It was actually stated, I think, at the beginning of last issue, perhaps, that he had control of the Desir. So what was the deal he made with Mephisto? What did Loki get out of the deal? What was... I'm assuming he just got all this mayhem and mischief, which is which is what he thrives on. Okay. Because he was in beginning of last of last issue when he was when they showed him forging right the Amirgram, 
he was talking to Mephisto and he was like, yeah, and just thank you for letting me use the fires of hell to forge this because this will make it the best that it can be. And don't forget the souls that I've promised you. Well, I assumed at that point that it was Thor. The souls that I have promised. Okay. That he promised. He said, you will, you will, when you, when you get the souls, when you see who I'm giving you, you'll be, you'll be happy. You'll be glad that we made this deal. And I assumed he was talking about Thor and Tyr and Hela. Right. For some reason. But, but no, he was talking about the Deceer because Mephisto was so happy. Right. He knew that they would find a way to defeat them. But Right. So I guess the deal was the souls of the Deceer for being able to use the forges to forge the sword. I mm-hmm. guess that was the deal. Okay. I, Lots of dealing, double dealing, well, dirty dealing. And, yeah, you know, and, and I, I just – I don't know if, you know – I missed things, or if they were just vague, and I needed it beat into my head, or but you know, there's a lot of bits and pieces of this that just don't seem to connect. The story, the the main story, is very fluid from A to Z. I get that, but but a lot of these side things that caused, and I, I didn't quite make all the connections in this story, you know, so. I guess maybe what I what I could do is sit down and read all four issues just back to back and see if but okay. Hmm. Yeah, just a confusing for me, confusing story. Um I liked this artwork um where it's shown where he is is praying to Odin. Mm-hmm. And he is looking very beat up. Yes. I mean, he's cut and scratched. His armor is trashed. There's several and, scenes of just nicks and cuts and scratches and. And he has given his all to get that sword out of that spell. Right. Because he knows he needs it. He has to have it. He's already called them to him. If he doesn't get that out, then he knows he's a goner. Yeah, I I, I definitely like the artwork in in this whole arc, but I, I think this final issue in in the story arc really used that art really well. I like the way that they had the sword given up. I like the fact that his mother right. spit the sword out rather than he finally found the strength to pull it out because that would have defeated the whole curse issue on the sword and that just it wouldn't have been right. it wouldn't have been as good a resolution to that problem to me if he had managed to pull it out. And it was almost a throwaway kind of part. He's just traveling through hell. He just runs into another demon who wants mm-hmm. to make a deal. It just happens to be a, a, a manifestation of Gaia. You know, nothing big was made of it. He continues mm-hmm. on his journey and everything. But yeah, yeah, that was some that was some pretty good writing. Plus, it's it's you know it, it's pretty decent writing in a way because it it still has me confused for some of the. <laughs> Specifics, you know, I, I like you said, we'll have to take the trade and sit down and read it I've, one right after the other. And I've done this for years, so I, I can see a lot of stories coming, you know, way down the road. But this one just, I guess, because it was the dealing, double dealing agreements. It's like Mephisto made an agreement with Hella and 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 
went back on that and didn't really do it. And Loki had a deal with, with Mephisto and Hela and the yeah. Desir was all thrown into that and everybody was making plans for the Desir and where they were going to go and. Yeah, it just, so, oh, um, we didn't, we didn't really say, um, who the artist and writers were this issue. Let's see here. I believe that the. It's Gillen Braithwaite. Doug Braithwaite? And Troy. Okay. Of the first three names. Kieran Gillen. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, and that ends the story of the Desir. I don't know what our next episode is going to be. Oh yeah, it'll just yeah, it'll just be what our next issue is going to pick up. It'll just be the next storyline, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't appear that that she is going to try to poison Ball anymore because she was brought out of that. Maybe healed of that. Maybe she wasn't. Well, well, I'm sure we'll see more of that storyline. You know, maybe the um, um, the poisoning plan she still has, but now she's just a whole person. You know, or, or so. Um, yeah, so we'll just we'll see in uh, six uh, fifteen what comes up to to be next, and um, in the journey into mystery. Uh, I'm sure they'll keep the one one-off kind of stories coming. Hopefully they do. Hopefully they do a little bit more in Asgard and, and show you and use some more of the other gods. Because so far all we've seen is really Thor and Loki. And Odin. We've been exposed to Odin, uh, Heimdall. That's about it. You know, mm-hmm. Bifrost. We know now what that is. You know, so hopefully there will be some more stuff. Okay. All right. Um, I guess that's that's all for this episode. Um, I would think so. Okay, so next episode, uh, episode six, we have lined up Journey into Mystery issues ninety two, ninety three, and ninety four. So we're we're knocking down the Journey into Mysteries pretty pretty quickly. Um, I believe it's in the one twenties somewhere that. Um, it changes into Thor, 127, 28, somewhere like that. So that, that'll be coming up. So here before too, too long, uh, we'll be on Thor's own book, uh, 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 the, the first volume of his book. So that'll be kind of cool. 126. Six, okay. All right. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at the Mighty Thor Podcast at gmail.com. Our website is comicbooknoise.com slash Thor we have our fan page on Facebook as always want to thank Mr. Derek Coward for all his time and energy and help in all of our podcasting endeavors yes thank you very much Derek and um, I guess that is all the business for this episode just stay tuned, guys, for episode six. Episode seven, we'll probably have the next new issue, the next issue of the of the current volume. We get to see what new things are on his horizon to defeat. Yeah, what the new storyline will be. So, alrighty. Uh, if you guys have any questions or any comments, uh, leave them for us. Email them. I am them. Facebook them. Twitter them however you want to get them to us. We thank everybody for listening and hope you'll keep it up. We'll uh, 
talk to you again another time. Uh, yes, we will. Bye.